tonight, you know, I really wanted to speak as we all know, we all are under the, um, the feeling of the loss of our great God al-Hadar, Ebchayim Kanievsky, Zecher Tzadik HaKadosh And um, as part of the Gedolim series, I felt that maybe tonight we should speak a little bit about our God al-Hadar, really the only way to describe him. Uh, our great, great giant that we, we, we had for so many and so many years and was our, our shining light, the, the, crown of, the crown of our people and the, the warrior for our people. And to speak about Reb Chaim is really, a, you know, you got to be, as they said by the Espedim yesterday, you, know, you have to be a giant to be able to understand what kind of giant we have within our midst. And I'm not, I'm definitely not a giant. You know, everyone else was speaking, his, his brother-in-law, Reb Zitzchuk Zilberstein, and Shlitesh Bikazetnishtak, and his son, Reb Shleimer, they're all speaking about, you know, we really can't speak about it because he was so gewaldi. He was so great. But we could maybe glean, glean certain things. But before I speak a little bit about, you know, some thoughts on, on, on the passing of such a great person and the loss that we all feel, and maybe some of the lessons that we can learn from him, um, I just want to hear, speak a little bit just about the, uh, the, the Levi yesterday. You know, everyone saw the videos or you saw the hookups if you weren't in Eretz Yisrael and the, the live feeds and everything else. And, and I just want to say that, you know, I myself left very early in the morning to go in order to get there in time, and we thought that maybe they really they said they were going to close the they were going to close the roads for the private traffic already at six o'clock. So I went buses in, but in the end of the day, Bar Hashem, so I left at four forty-five in the morning, and I and I went and picked up my grandson at Tachan Rekazit and then his, his brother-in-law, and we drove and Bar Hashem we were able to get there. We even got right into B'nai Brak next to the Coca-Cola on Rechov Kahneman. And we parked the car and uh, no problems. And we walked up to Vizhnitz and there they had Minyanim. The Minyanim factory was just starting and we got one of the earlier Minyanim. And then we ended up, I just want to speak a little bit about this, just the amount of chesed that went on just in Vizhnitz itself. First of all, it's tremendous, tremendous, beautiful, beautiful new base measures that they built. I couldn't get over the base measures. When they, when they finally opened it up later on in the day, in the morning, they opened it up. Place filled up. 1,500 people sitting and learning, all kinds of people. I was sitting in the small base measures downstairs. But then what happened was, besides that, they have the Mignonim factory going. Then they have the coffee and the tea and, you know, uh, you know um, a whole, you know, like 20, 20 things ready of cups and everything, anything you wanted. Then all of a sudden in the middle, they start coming into the basement and say, everyone that wants to eat breakfast, this is breakfast. And they brought in food. They brought in food, fresh rolls and fresh cookies and fresh, um, you know, like, you know, uh, um, you know, fricata cheese and everything else and, and dips and, and, and hummus and everything else. And, and they set up tables and hundreds, they were feeding hundreds and hundreds of people. And I, it just it was just amazing to see they, there must have been thousands of people they fed. It was all chesed. And my son told me he was in a different base medrash, in a different part of Bnei Brak. And over there, not only were they serving meals, they said anyone that needs a place to sleep, it's people that got in late last night, or people that haven't had a chance to sleep tonight. We have apartments with beds that people can go to sleep. And then during the Leviah, the masses amount of people. No one knows exactly how many people were there. It's, it's 
Some people say it was 400,000. Some people say 750,000. They were talking about getting a million, but they don't really know. But the amount of private people, Yidin, that were just from their own homes bringing out water and bringing out cookies. And I remember seeing Yidin, come, come, please take, take it back, drink something. Tremendous amount of chesed. And then the way it was set up with the, uh, you know, they, they learned from previous years, they knew there was going to be a massive Leviah. So the police really, they, 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 they did a fantastic job, the police. Fantastic job. And I know that at the end of the Levaya, I wasn't there when it happened, but by the cemetery, there supposedly there were people that were, that were, they made a chilol Hashem, the only way to describe it, they went to get close to the kever. And that became the prominent thing. Oh, it's terrible and it's horrible and it's, and it's a chilol Hashem. But if you take a look at it in the numbers, <laughs> the overwhelming majority, overwhelming majority, hundreds of thousands of people that, that did such a Kiddush Hashem to be able to escort and to be malavid and go to Lador to his final resting place, did it with such COVID and such hierarchy. And then there were people that uh, can't control themselves, can't control their emotions, and they're, they're wrong in what they do. But uh, it's, a, it's a, a drop in the bucket. You know, it's a miyut shibimiyut. And we have to take that into account when we take a look at how Klai Yisrael was malavid and go to Lador. Uh, to his final resting place, buried next to the Rebison. Buried next to the Rebison. His Rebison had passed away. It's close to 11 years ago already. And there are pictures that are going around now of, you know, Rebison Kanievsky and Reb Chaim sitting on the side of the road. It happened to be that that was taken uh, when they went, uh, they passed by Telstone. And, um, and uh, everyone thinks they were on a Tiyul. They really wanted to you. They were on their way, I think, to Yushalayim to go to the Kotel. And then the way back, uh, they had a flat tire. And um, I just heard this today that the person that, 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 um, that took them in the car was a driver that used to drive him at uh, certain times. In those days, Reb Chaim wasn't as uh, well-known but he used to, this person drive used to drive the stipulus, and then he ended up take, taking to Reb Chaim, and Reb Chaim had to go, want to, want to go to the coastal to visit his shver and to go to the coastal. And, um, and when they had the flat tire, this person would fix the flat tire, and Reb Chaim was sitting and learning a cipher. The Rebbe was saying, Till him, and that's the, that's the scene that everybody, everyone saw. But I heard that the driver asked Reb Chaim, Why did I get a flat tire? Why did I get a flat tire? And uh, I was doing a mitzvah, I was taking, uh, taking a person to the kaisel, I was taking a reprieve to the kaisel. You know, I would... So he said, it's a Baal Shem Tev. Reprieve said over Baal Shem Tev. The Baal Shem Tev says that uh, there was once a Yid that came uh, to see the Baal Shem Tev, and on the way he got stuck uh, also the wagon, those days didn't have cars, the wagon broke down, and they ended up having to stay in the forest, and he ended up saying Tillam and saying Davening, and then he finally fixed it, and then he finally came to the Baal Shem Tev, and he asked the Baal Shem Tev, why, why did this happen? So the Baal Shem Tev said that in that particular place, kind of red, they, they needed Tfilis, that particular area. We don't know what the Cheshbonas are, 
So Reb Chaim said, kind of read it, this Makam over here, it was right next to Telstam. Now, they don't say it over there. I don't know if that's, and I don't know the exact dates. I haven't had a chance to check it. But Lefianiz Daiti, I know that at that particular place, which was on the highway, the, the, one, the, the, the highway one next to Telstam, I think it was after that point, there was a terrible a terrorist attack many, many years ago where an Arab pushed the driver and the, and the, the bus flew over to the, on the side of the road and, and people were killed and people were injured. Who knows if Reb Chaim's tefillahs at that point weren't the tefillahs that helped to save people. Again, that's a conjecture. And everyone has to check the dates on that. But that's one scene that, uh, uh, that comes to mind about Reb Chaim. About Reb Chaim. Rabbi, so, you know, when we think about the loss of such a gadol, so we have to say, look, you know, what's the takeaway? You know, what's the takeaway? It's a takeaway for us. Well, you know, are we supposed to become Rebchaims? Is that what our job is? You know, are we... No, I don't think we should become Rebchaims. We're not going to become Rebchaims. But there's certain things that we have to, um, that we have to analyze. Number one is, I saw it brought down in the Sefer, it just came out in Rebchaim Zalman, Zalman said in the Hespid, they said Hespid was yet on Rebshlam Zalman after Rebshlam Zalman was Nifter. So Rebchaim Brim Zatzal said, What can we learn from Rebshlam Zalman? Look at what the Adam can become. Look at what a person can become. Godless Adam. Godless Adam. If we think about it, we take a look at what we had, Reb Chaim Zatzal. Look at what a person can become. It's shy for a person to become Reb Chaim. Are all of us going to become Reb Chaims? No. But what we see is that it's shy for man, man to become man, a, a real ayid that takes Torah with seriously to become Reb Chaim. Become Reb Chaim. And I think it's a lesson for all of us that all of us should understand that that we, we should take upon ourselves, yeah, if I really want to somehow um, take something from Reb Chaim's Petira for myself, that it should be a tikkun. It should be that to try to make ourselves better. Try to make ourselves better. Each person in his madrega. And I think that that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. Um, you know, there was certain Kabbalah that I took yesterday at the Levaya because Reb Yitzchak Zilberstein... One of the things he said is that, you know, now's the time when the, the heavens are open and we can ask, and we can ask for refuas, and we ask for yeshuas and everything else, but there's no question that the Rabbanu Shalom is going to give it to us if we somehow are going to elevate ourselves. And I took a certain small Kabbalah, and, um, and I was able to do it today. I was able to, to, to do that Kabbalah today. So if, if we didn't do it yet, we can still take ourselves, we can still take, take upon ourselves a certain Kabbalah to make ourselves into a greater, a greater Adam HaSholim. That's one, that's one takeaway. The second takeaway is that for some reason, you know, it was so sudden. You know, no one expected it, even though people that were in the know knew that Reprime was very, very shvach lately and everything else, but no one expected it to happen. And when did it happen? It happened on Shushan Purim, at the end of the Shushan Purim, middle of the Suda for many, many people here in Yerushalayim. And to me, it brought back the, 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 the Shushan Purim of 1986 when Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's Zechot Levracha was Nifter and the Levi was here in Yerushalayim. 
It was a different type of context because already he had been passed away before, and Levi came here. It was also a massive Levaya. And, uh, and at that Levaya, the Psakalacha was that there's going to be a Levaya, and uh, everyone's going to, everyone should attend the Levaya. And then immediately after the Levaya, that was the Psakalacha that Shlomo Zaman or Yashiv gave. Everyone should go home, and everyone should make a Suda because we have to. We have to, we have to, you have to be kind the mitzvah of the Suda. That's a mitzvah that the Chachamim were misakin. Over here, it was a little bit different. I think like the Rabbanishim gave us a matana that the Rabbanishim said, you know what, I'm going to give you Yeshu Shanpur. Chaim is going to be taken away in Yeshu Shanpur. But he's going to be all the way at the end of the Suda. You know, Mekayim, all the mitzvahs, Kitikuna. There won't be Levaya in Yeshu Shanpur. You'll be able to, to be able to, to get what you have to get. Um, another aspect of Reb Chaim's godless that we're feeling the loss now. So it's really like we speak about the godless, and now we're tying it through the, the loss because it's so fresh. Is that Reb Chaim was just filled with such avas Yisrael. Everyone felt his avas Yisrael. His godless interior was was myridic, but his avas Yisrael was was myridic, myridic. The numbers of people that came to that house every day, asking for brachas, asking for yeshuas, asking for eitzes, hundreds and hundreds of people every day. And Reb Chaim took them all in. And what kind of people? It was B'day Taira, it was Chilonim, it was Breslavers, it was Mizrahi, it was Svardi, it was Ashkenazi, Bali Tshuva. Everyone came to Reb Chaim. Everyone came to Reb Chaim. And and he and he he was he was there for everybody. There's a, a little uh, clip that's going around now about a Chiloni person that was by Reb Chaim, and his son had been killed in a terrorist attack. He was a soldier. And he came to Reb Chaim. He was wearing a yarmulke, and, and he said over that Reb Chaim is a Chiloni person, but he came, and Reb Chaim was with him. Reb Chaim started crying with him, and Reb Chaim told him, "Your son." Is now sitting together with Reb Shimon Bar Yochai in the Beis Hamikdash. And then he caressed his cheek. Reb Chaim caressed his cheek, and Reb Chaim was crying with him. But he said he's in an exalted, exalted place. Reb Chaim is being miramis to what the Gemara says in Baba Vasra that that I heard of my Rebbe Reb Chaim Shmulevitz that Harugei Lud Einecha Yochalam Mechitzasam that the great the people that Harugei Lud, which Rashi says they weren't tzaddikim, but they were most nefesh for Klal Yisrael. If they're most nefesh for then they, no one can stand in their, in their level where they are in the Besan Shomal. This person said that he went to the gas station afterwards, and there was someone that either he knew or didn't know, and there was, was a girl, a lady, and she said, I tell you, I had a dream about your son, and he's with Rabshim by Yechai in the Besan Shomal. Now that sounds a little spooky to me, but you know, you never know. But I believe first, definitely be the first part. And the second part, we could believe too. But the main thing is, is that he had a heart for everybody. And that's something we have to learn. We have to learn that we have to have a heart for our fellow Jews. And what, we, what can we do to make our fellow Jews feel comfortable? Feel comfortable. My son said over today that when he was 13 and a half years old, <laughs> we were supposed to go to America to, to, to visit family. He hadn't seen it. He wanted them to see his grandparents. He hadn't seen them in a long time. And then he was in his yeshiva ktana yeshiva mode. And he was afraid of going, about going to Chutzlaritz because Chutzlaritz is Schmutzlaritz and it's full of Tumah. And he went, 
and he went to Reb Chaim, and he said to Reb Chaim, you know, what his sveikas were, what he should do. Reb Chaim was very accessible in those days. Reb Chaim said, ah, you'll go, and you'll be mechazik, the family, and you give over the Torah for marriage and stroll, and it'll be a good thing to go. Reb Chaim knew exactly. Reb Chaim, every person, he judged every single person, lefi is madrega. Lefi is madrega. Um, so this other aspect of Reb Chaim, of his Avas Yisrael, not only his Avas Yisrael, he was a Tata. He was the Tata of Klai Yisrael. That's what I want to say. His Midas and his, and his, his uh, Anova, and just the way he looked, he just had the look of being the Tata of Klai Yisrael. That's who he was. That's who we lost. We lost the Tata of Klai Yisrael. And that's something which I think is very, very unique We've had great Gidon, and all the great Gidon, they always care about Klai. So we've always spoken about this in the past, in the other Gidon series. But Reb Chaim really exhibited this in the, in the highest fashion. And his son, Reb Shleimah, said over yesterday that he was, a, he, he was an Abba. Well, yeah, Abba Shalano. He wasn't Stam, only the God of Ador. He said, we, we also, he used to play games with us. The games we played, what the games that other kids played. He said, take, we used to take out Sfarim, certain Sefer, and all the Mamre Chazal. We would test them on it. We would, we would tell them a Chazal. We would, test, we would tell them a Chazal. And he would say, oh, it's, this, this is Gemara right over here. This is Gemara right over here. And then they would check, oh, you're right, Daddy. Then he asked another question. He, 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 he spent time with them. He gave them Bechines. He talked with them. He gave them presents. He was a tati. He was a tati. And, um, and he, they, they said, we always knew that we had, we, we had a father who was beyond us. But he was our tati. And he took care of us. Took care of our, the grandchildren and the great grandchildren. He always was asking, what's going on by this one? What's going on by that one? And any one of us that ever went into Reb Chaim, he, always, he took a personal attachment. And, and, and he he. he, he he, he answered the question according to the person who, who he was and how he was. And um, that in itself is such a gavaldic, a gavaldic, a lesson. You know, I have a few, I have a letter, which I, I have two letters I have to find from Rebbein, two postcards. I once went to him and, uh, and I asked him a certain shaila, and it ended up, I had some swarm there and I left the swarm in the house. And a few days later, I got a little postcard. He used to write these little postcards. He wrote very, very legibly, but he wrote them very... He wouldn't use the whole postcard. And he wrote, he says, No bevakasha lovo labayit lakachet et asfarim kivan she'en li kesef lishloch et ze badoar. He said, I don't have the money to send it by... Also, I would have sent it by the door. But he asked me to come back, so I went back to Bnei Brak to go pick up... So first of all, for sure, it was the Indian of Hashavah Saveda. That's what he was doing. But the way he wrote it, please come, I don't have the money to be able to go send it in the mail, else I would send it in the mail. And one time I asked a certain Shaila, and he wrote back, I know a lot of friends of mine, I know in those days, he would write back, every single person that wrote him, he would write back an answer. And I heard that he used to answer children, would ask all kinds of questions, and he would, he would write them back. And they said to him, you know, it's a child, he's asking what's it. He says, if a child wrote me, that means he needs chizuk, and he wants chizuk. I want to be mechazikim. I want to be mechazikim. So to, to a certain extent, in his godless and what we're missing and what we feel we're missing is that the tata was taken away from us. And that's something which we should help. How do we somehow um, make a tikkun for that? A person has children, to be a better tata, to be a better tata. 
and to care about not only to be a tata for yourself, for your own children, for other people's children, whatever we can do to, to enhance the life of others, ah, that's really what we have to, we have to take into mind. Um, what kind of shilas were sent to? Everything. Everything. Life and death questions. Um, making operations, not making operations. Chaim, Paskin, all those shilas. And, and, um, and I myself, I know I went to him for uh, family members that had, um, had uh, questions about making a certain operations. And he delved into the shaila and he passed in the shaila and he said exactly what should be done. And he, he took upon himself the all, which to a certain extent, sometimes if you didn't have the places that he had, you knew that it was coming from a, 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 a makam kemat, you could say it was Ruach HaKadosh. Like Ruach HaKadosh. And, um, you know, to understand Reb Chaim in this area, we have to understand that for sure his midas were the finest order. He came from a house that was steeped in Tyra and Yira. His father was the stipler, Reb Yaakov Yisrael Kadayevsky who was a gadol, and his mother was the sister of the Chazanish. He was born in Pinsk. He came to Eretz at a very young age. The family came together with the Chazanish. They lived in Bnei Brak in the days when Bnei Brak was, was literally uh, fields and everything else. They lived in the beginning, lived by the Chazanish, and they finally rented an apartment. And, uh, and Reb Chaim went to the, went to the Cheder in, 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 in Bnei Brak. Then he went to Yeshiva in Lamja. He learned with his father many, many Mesechtas. His, um, he read, I heard when he was younger, this I heard that the Chazanish, that the Stipler thought that he didn't have the best head. And I heard that he asked the Chazanish, and the Chazanish said, he should learn Bekiyas, he should learn Bekiyas. And supposedly, not only did he learn Bekiyas, we know what kind of Bekiyas, we don't know what kind of Bekiyas he had, but we think we know what kind of Bikis he had. But uh, we, know, he, we know he's a big buck. That's what we know. But he became a big Balmayan as well. I just have over here one of the Sfarim, the Derech Chachma. He's famous called the Derech Hamuna, Derech Chachma, all the different Sfarim that he wrote. The clarity is amazing. And, uh, and, and, and the Bikis is amazing. And it only came about because he, he learned Torah Yom Avalayla. He learned Torah day and night. And at the same time, he learned Torah day and night. He was a family man. He had a sense of humor. The son said yesterday, Shlomo said, when he came home from Kailo, Nikola Chazanish, for lunch, he wouldn't start the, eating the meal unless the mama, unless the Rebbe Sinkanievsky was sitting there with him. She had to be there and eat together. Supper time, if they came back from Kailo again, again, the same thing. If the food wasn't ready, he would quickly take a gubar and he would begin to learn. And his, his love for learning was really like a, a thirst. What was his Seder? He finished Shas the first time when he was 16 years old. He finished it after learning Shas four times. That was the Derech, that he was Makabah from his father, that you have, to, you have to make a Chazor four times on it. And then for the next, who knows how many years since then, okay, everyone can make the Cheshvin. He would learn not only Talmud Bavli, he began to learn for many, many years Talmud Yushalmi, Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, Mishnabura, Zayar, Olav Navi, 
all of Medrash, <laughs> all of Zayar. How did he do it? So I just saw in the paper, they said the first one, his regular Seder of the day was eight dafim a day. And there were certain time periods during the year that he had to learn 15, 15 blad a day. 15 blad a day. The, um, interesting, the, um, the Rambam, he would learn three prokim a day. Shulchan Aruch was five dafim a day. That's a lot. Five dafim a day. That means with the nice Caleb, it's a lot. Not a lot. In Mishnabur, he would learn three dafim a day. Nach was a parak a day. Nach was a parak a day. But besides all of that, he learned Tosefta, he learned Talmud Yushalmi. Talmud Yushalmi also had a certain way, he had, he had to learn a lot. He had to learn like 15 dafim of Talmud Yushalmi. Talmud Yushalmi is a lot of Mishnayas. He learned Parsha Shavua, but he didn't learn just Parsha Shavua. In Vayikri, in, in he learned Teres Khanim. He learned the Mechilta. He learned all the different and he learned all the Midrashim, and he learned all the Zayar. And he started, he would start learning it. His Seder Hayyayim would start from Chatzais Laila, when he'd do Tikkun Chatzais. Then he would start learning Zayar. Then he would start learning all the different Chiyuvim that he had. He learned it in wee hours of, wee hours of the morning. And, and uh, he had his, his Chiyuvim, as he called it, what he had to finish. And every year he finished it and he made a him on Erev Pesach in his house. In the last years it became very famous to see him on Erev Pesach. But in the leap year, he would finish it a year, he would finish it a month early because he had it, the Seder was set up. And Rabbi Isai, he finished this year, Shushan, Purim, Tavshin, Bey Beis. He finished all of his Chiyuvim. For who knows how many times that he did it. So the truth is like this. His Bikiyas was phenomenal. His, um, his knowledge, the story that, that I heard firsthand, and as everyone's, being, everyone's been hearing about it from my friend Rebishua Hartman, who's a big expert on the morale. And he found in one of the writings of the morale, the morale says that Tchiyas HaMesim is going to start from Hebron. That's the first place with Chiyas HaMesim. People think it starts from Harazesim. No, it's from Hebron. Obviously, going to get up, but he looked for the sources because he writes this far and about to see the sources. No Gemara that he could find. He couldn't find the Medrash. He didn't know. And one day he was in Bnei Brak and Reb Chaim many many years ago was a lot more. Reb Chaim used to go for walks in those days. He saw Reb Chaim walking. He went to Reb Chaim and he asked Reb Chaim the Shaila, what's the source? So Reb Chaim was walking with him, and Reb Chaim after a few steps says, "Nishtin Bavli. It's not in Bavli." They walked a few more steps, it's Nishtin Yushalmi, it's not in Yushalmi. A few more steps, Nishtin Medrash, it's not in the Medrash. It's not in Bavli, Yushalmi, Medrash, Agodas, Alochas. Then he went a few more steps, he says, Ooh, it's a diuk in a Tikkune Zayar. Not even in the Zayar, it's in the Tikkune Zayar, which is like the notes of the Zayar. And he had a big smile on his face. That I heard from Rebbe Shoh. Rebbe Shoh was just floored. That means he was able to maintain the knowledge in such a great, great fashion. You know, I went to him, Shaila's buying and selling apartments. Unbelievable. And he would, he would, take, upon, he would take upon himself all these different Shaila's. 
And he, would, he said, he said a certain, we told about a certain issue. He said, yeah, person's not shouldn't be a bal chayv. If a person has an apartment, then he has got to pay his chayvus. He should sell his apartment to pay his chayvus. That's it. That's what he said. He was a very responsible person. He was a very normal person. Um, in, in, in many, many areas, when it came to, especially Shmir Zaguf, he was very, very makbid. And, uh, and at the same time, he gave Aitzes about what to do in operation, but not to operation. He was, he was really, um, he, he had a siyata de of kemat like a ruach HaKodesh, we didn't understand it, except what we want to say over is the Mishnah in Avis really describes her Prayim in a, in a Mishnah in the first, in the, in the, the last parak of Pirkei Avis. Chachamim, Shana Chachamim, Reb Meir Aymer. Reb Meir says, Kol HaOisik B'Torah L'Shma. That's Oisik and Torah L'Shma. Zoich L'Dvarim Harbe. Zoich to many, many things. Belay Oid. Not only Zoich to many things. The whole world is Kedai for him. The whole world was created just for him. Nikra Reya. He's called a friend. Ohuv. A loved one. Oyev HaSamakim. He's loved by the Rebanjim. Oyev HaSabrius. He loves the Rebanjim. He loves people. He's He's He gets anov and yira. Ah, and then it says The whole world is able to get from him advice and bina and gvura. And I remember always saying over what the what the Rebbeim Velashin says that what is this? Who is this person? This person is a person that's learning Torah with such an ava and such a cheshik. That if it was up to him, he wouldn't sleep, he wouldn't eat. All of his days would just be filled with terror. Now that's the madrega that Reb Chaim, that Reb Chaim was on. He just, he loved the Torah, and he loved the Rabbi Nishlam, And because of that, he loved people. Because the Torah gives you all the different ingredients that you need in order to live in this world. And... You know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say like this, that Reb Chaim lived in our generation. And we have to be very, very thankful that Reb gave us this great matana to have such a good living in our generation. What are we going to do now without Reb Chaim? I just mentioned to someone on the phone, look at Reb Chaim, we always had the address to go. So for sure, lay Alman Yisrael. The Jewish people are never, never bereft. We realized that the Rabbanu decided that the Prime has to be in the Bezden Shemal, and there he's going to work for us. It used to be maybe we had like a crutch, you know? Avatara, uh, I go to Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim's going to give me a bracha, Reb Chaim's going to... I always used to say when people would go, they go, you go to Reb Chaim, <coughs> they ask for brachas. It's not just enough to ask for the bracha. If you're going in a bracha, you have to be deserving of it. So you have to take upon yourself something. And a lot of times that's what Reb Chaim would say. My, my own brother-in-law had to have an operation and it was a question on a chas v'shom and amputation. And he said, to learn kates and regal, to learn hilchus shalosh regalim, because that will give chizik to the regal. And we saw Mamish, everyone in the family, including my brother-in-law, my sister, they took upon themselves to learn Hilchus Yontif and to learn Ketzer the regal of Abakama. And miraculously, the machla was, everything was saved and 
And Baruch Hashem, he had a, had a refuah in Yeshua. Reb Chaim always used to say, to, to learn more Torah, learn more Torah, learn, to learn to, to daven. And every single time when I would take a person to Reb Chaim, I would always say, after we come out of Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim is davening you, but we have to daven for ourselves. The Rebunish is now telling us, yeah, okay, we don't have Reb Chaim here, but we always have the Rebunish. Rebunish is with us all the time. We have to daven better. We have to learn better. To take what we can from these great attributes, from the tremendous, tremendous source of of avod that the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us by having Reb Chaim in our generation, from the tremendous source of seeing what a person can become, the Adam Hashalim. We saw what the Adam Hashalim is, and um, and you know th- this week's parsha it speaks about. Uh, the Mises Aaron, the Mises, the sons of Aaron, Akai, Nadav, and Aviu, and um, and we know that Aaron Akai, after his sons died, it says Vayidam Aaron. Aaron was quiet. A certain a certain respect is Vayidam Aaron is that he was quiet. Uh, you know, he just couldn't he couldn't express them couldn't express himself the sorrow that he had. Some people say that the Vayidam, the, the Shtika wasn't Stam Shtika. The Shtika wasn't really, a, it's like a Shtika Kahuda. It, it, we understand that the Rabbanu is just. The Rabbanu knows what he's doing. And if here also, the Rabbanu decided that Reb Chaim is needed in the Bezna Shemana. And we have to be Shaisik to a certain extent. Vayidam, Shtika Kahuda, we have to be invited to Rabbanu Shem. We have to be thankful that we had him for so many years. And... Um, I have a picture on the wall of the one of the last pictures that was taken of the Rebetzin Kanievsky together when she was together with Reb Chaim. And I always say over the story how my Talmud took that picture um, when the first time he went to Reb Chaim to meet Reb Chaim, he went to see, first he met Rebetzin Kanievsky. You take a look at that picture, it's like you see the what it says, Avav Achva V'Shalom V'Reis. They had a tremendous, tremendous relationship. And uh, that's another lesson we have to learn from Reb Chaim and all the G'dayim. With all the godless and Torah and all the years Shemayim, they had a very, very normal family life. The kibbutz had a good time. They, they laughed. They chuckled. They told stories. Reb Chaim was a great storyteller. That's what the Shlomo used to say over there. He was younger. He was a fantastic storyteller. And he would do it like in, in different parts. He would tell them he, what stories. He would tell them Medrashim, but he would make it exciting. He said, oh, now we're going to wait for the next part. I'm going to say the next part is going to be next Shabbos. They were waiting for the next part. So I think these are some of the thoughts that we have uh, fresh right after the Levaya and after the Petira of the giant of our generation and the crown of our people. And we asked the Rabbanishim, Rabbanishim should give us Mirz Hashem, Mashiach Tzidkeinu, Tchias HaMesim, Bez Hashem Yisbarach. We'll be Zoychim Mirz Hashem to have Rebchaim and all the Gdolim with us. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.